Hello, you are listening to Eddie Film Club on Fresh Air. Hello, you lovely, lovely people. Welcome back to Eddie Film Club. As usual, I am your host, Jack Richardson. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, As you will have noticed, we've been on hiatus the last three weeks. Um, If you've been keeping up with the Eddie Film Club Instagram account, you will have noticed I posted a message um, saying I'm not doing great mental health wise right now. Um, I'm not a proud sufferer, but you know, I am okay and have, have become okay with the fact that I have OCD and anxiety and depression and that's okay. Um, so usually I can manage it a lot better. It's been pretty difficult the last three weeks. So that's why we've not had an episode. Um, I've been trying to focus on myself and taking care of myself. Um, but I really miss doing this. And so it feels really, really good to be back with you all. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all staying safe. Um, in today's episode, we are going to explore the theme of self-care a bit more closely. Um, and I'm going to talk about couple of the movies that feel like self-care to me. You know, movies I can come back to. It's like a a warm soup, like a lovely weather jumper, your favourite pair of boots. Things that make you feel cosy and comfortable and at ease with the world. Um, But yeah, I just want to take a moment at the top of the episode to say thank you so much to all the people who have got in touch and wished me well over the last three weeks. It's meant so much to me. I really, really appreciate it. Um, you know, I was really nervous uh, posting the message on my Instagram because obviously uh, my friends will know, but you know, not everybody knows. Um, but ultimately I thought, you know, it's important that we talk pretty openly and frankly about mental health. You know, mental health can affect anyone you know if you spend time with me I'm always laughing and joking and you know being silly but you know that doesn't mean that that's how I'm feeling inside and that's true for so many people and I think it's really important to be like open and honest about people when you're not doing great and you know to take care of yourself especially right now with coronavirus um we're getting into the cold winter months um which can I know especially with people with seasonal affective disorder, and kind of all of us, can be really difficult. The lack of light, it makes you feel bad, you know? It's hard to, you know, stay positive. But I just want you to all know that I love and appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for your well wishes. Please, please get in touch if you're not doing great. I'm happy to listen to any of you. Um, But yeah, thank you so much. And please remember, you are the most important thing. Take care of yourself first. You gotta take care of yourself. You gotta care for yourself. You know, make some time in your life for yourself. And before I get any more Gwyneth Paltrow, we're gonna take a quick little break. We'll be right back after this. 
and we are back at Eddie Film Club. As I mentioned before, today we're looking at the kind of umbrella topic of self-care. Um, and in terms of like, you know, when you're taking care of yourself, um, movies are a really important way of doing that, especially for me. And I'm sure for you, if you're listening to this podcast, in case you didn't realize, this is Eddie Film Club. You know, we're not talking about embroidery. Uh, but this week, we, I want to talk about what I mean by a self-care movie. Um, some qualities that I associate with movies that are, you know, self-care for me. And then just talk about just a, a selection, you know, a handful. I've got a lot of, you know, movies that I, you know, come back to a lot. Um, but just like a couple of movies um, that really mean a lot to me and that are really good. Uh, in times like this where you might not be feeling so great uh, to kind of de-stress and relax and you know, feel good about the world for a little bit. Um, but first of all, like, I don't know about you guys, but especially uh, when I'm not feeling great, I don't want to watch a new movie. I don't. I don't have the mental resources, the emotional resources, the cognitive resources to watch something new. And I'm, I'm probably going to struggle with anything that's too deep or not even deep because like a lot of these movies have a lot of depth and are really interesting. Um, but movies that are, you know, very serious, um, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm not watching a Christopher Nolan movie when I'm not feeling great. Yeah, I'm probably not watching that many Christopher Nolan movies anyway, but I'm definitely not watching one when I'm not feeling so good. Um, so uh, yeah, I like to kind of go back to, you know, the old favourites. But when I say self-care movie, what does that mean? Well, it can it will mean something different for everybody. For me, a big part of it is nostalgia. Um, if it's a movie that I associate with childhood or a really happy time, um, that's a really good indicator that it's a movie I'm going to keep on coming back to. Um it doesn't have to be a happy movie, but, you know, it's probably going to be. Let's be real. Uh, you don't necessarily want to watch a super duper dark, sad movie if you're not feeling great. Sometimes you do, though. Sometimes you want to kind of like wallow in the, the bad, the bad feelings, the bad vibes. But for me, I can't really take that. I have to, you know, kind of put my mind off it. Um, and humour. Humor is a big thing for me. Um, honestly, I think that it's such a cliche, such a cliche. But laughter is the best medicine. It really is. Laughter, having being fun and being silly. Life is too long to be serious. I hope people say life is too short. Life is too long. I think it was Nicole Byer who I heard on a podcast saying something that's always stuck with me. But life is too long to be serious. Because it's true, it really is. Life's a long-ass time, you know? And it's important to have fun and to joke and be silly, you know? And just, like, get that kind of release and that catharsis um, from humour is so important. And finally, um, in terms of a self-care movie, something that's life-affirming, um, especially uh, over the last couple of weeks, um, you know, I've, I've had this feeling that I, a lot of people go through, which is feeling very kind of lost and disconnected, not really very unsure about 
your place in the world and like what's the meaning of your life like what am I doing you know and it can feel very isolating and very dark and scary and it makes you feel like nobody else has gone through that which is just not true um and so a lot of these movies I feel are very life-affirming they kind of make you want to go out and grab life by the scruff of the neck and go let's go and achieve something and achieve what I don't know yet but you know what we take each day as it comes. So, with that criteria in mind, I'm going to take a quick run-through of some movies that are very kind of therapeutic for me. And we're not going to linger too much on any one movie, because chances are I will probably do an episode on each of these movies at some point. So, you know, we'll just kind of take a brief uh, zip-zap tour through this cinema oeuvre. Gonna start with Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids, Judd Apatow produced, um, starring Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph. You've probably seen it. And if you've not seen it, you should watch it. It is a delightful comedy nominated for multiple Oscars for Best Original Screenplay and also for Best Supporting Actress for Melissa McCarthy, which is very well deserved because she's great in that movie. It's such a funny, sweet, hilarious, gross movie. <laughs> it's it really reflects my style, my sense of humor, um, and oh, it's just such a good movie. It's such a a mood lifter, such positive vibes, but it never feels oppressively uh, uplifting or sweet because you know it, it it's got sad stuff in it as well. Um, I think the thing that really draws me to this movie is that, you know, so often we're in in comedy movies, we're allowed to see men be gross and self-deprecating and, you know, bad, but women have to be held to a different standard and Bridesmaids just says no. You know, women can be gross and raunchy and disgusting and bad. <laughs> and that is oddly a really great sweet message you know we really kind of appreciate that um i have heard rumors on the interwebs that there is a sequel planned for this movie and let me just say don't do it please don't do it because i think that this movie is kind of perfect as it is it feels very self-contained i don't feel like it needs anything else um so that's bridesmaids please you know give it a watch uh, the next movie is in a very, very similar vein. Uh, Girls Trip, another great uh, female-led comedy um, about female friendship. They go on a trip to New Orleans, and it's just such a, it's such a funny movie. Such a funny movie. I can't remember a movie that I laughed at more. Like Girls Trip is so, so good. It's famous for being a real breakthrough for Tiffany Haddish. And honestly, Tiffany Haddish deserved an Oscar nomination for this movie. And maybe that seemed like a long shot um, because, A, the Academy does not like to give nominations to black women. Uh, that is starting to change, thankfully, um, through the efforts of activists. But, it, you know, there is still racial bias in... Oscar nominations, absolutely. Um, 
And also, she then has to deal with the comedy bias of this being a comedic performance. This is not one of those comedy performances that gets nominated, but it kind of, you know, it, it's it's technically a comedy. It's technically a comedy. It's, it's historically humorous, but it's actually a very kind of serious, dramatic role, and that's why the Academy takes it seriously. No, like this, much like Melissa McCarthy's nomination, this is a comedic performance. This is just comedy gold. This is a comedic performer at the height of their ability, just giving you line after line of excellent, excellent humour. And Tiffany Haddish is just so, so good in this movie. Um, but not just her, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith and Queen Latifah are both equally great. It's just such a lovely, funny, hilarious movie. I have the DVD on my shelf. Um, now that I'm talking about it, I kind of want to watch it again. I would recommend it because it's a really good movie. Um, and so, yeah, Girls Trip, give it a watch, please, um, if you've not already. And even if you have, watch it again. So, moving on from two kind of female-led comedies, I'm going to talk about two animated movies that mean a lot to me, um, that again I'll be quite brief over because I'll, I will almost certainly do episodes with both of these, I've got episodes lined up. Um, but the first one is the Pixar masterpiece, Ratatouille, truly one of my favourite movies. It's so good. If you dare say the rat from Ratatouille in front of me, I will honestly have an aneurysm. It's Remy. He has a name. The beautiful, beautiful rat just trying to achieve his dream of becoming a chef in Paris. It's... Okay, so like you say the premise, and it's like, oh, a rat who wants to become a chef in a fancy restaurant in Paris. And it sounds silly. And it is silly. But it's funny, it's heartwarming, it's beautiful. The animation moves with such verve and such vigour and such vitality. It feels so alive. And it's such a poetic movie as well, because when you, it's really uh, like a treatise on art and being an artist, and especially being an artist coming from like a working class background, because that's basically what the movie's about, you know, um, with Remy uh, kind of learning to, instead of rejecting where he's come from, and because he is from a different place than, you know, other kind of people in his profession. And yeah, I realise that this sounds silly because I am talking about a cartoon rat, but come with me here. Instead of rejecting it, he embraces the fact that he's different and he uses that to create incredible art. And it's just such a sweet movie, especially if you are a Francophile like me, um, and especially right now with uh, the pandemic. You know, most of us aren't travelling uh, we're not getting out as much. And so I think there's a real desire for escapism and to see a new place and to be somewhere new and to feel like you're not just trapped in your flat. And Ratatouille is a great movie for that. Paris looks amazing in it. It will make your heart ache for the city of love. And it will make you feel 
love for a rap that you've never felt before. Um, and if you're on TikTok and you've seen this crowdsourced Ratatouille musical, oof, I want it to become a real thing. It's so good. It's so good. The next movie I want to talk about is, again, another one of my favourite movies. It's a, it's a bit of a kind of undersung masterpiece. Not getting less undersung by the day, because, you know, I talk about it every single day, basically. But Treasure Planet, uh, the 2002 Disney animated flop, it is still one of the biggest box office bombs of all time. But that does not change the fact that it is an incredible, incredible movie. One of my favourite movies. Um, I have such nostalgia for this movie. I used to have it on VHS. Um, and, and you kids out there, you might not know what a VHS is. Uh, go ask your parents. Uh, it's a little video. I used to rewind that video. Yeah, you had to do that manually. Uh, well, not manually. I wasn't like pulling on myself. But, you know, you had to actually properly rewind. You could just press the home button. I used to have the Treasure Planet one. I would watch it all the time. I know that movie inside and out. It is such a lovely movie. You know, as a kind of kid, I loved the spectacle of it. As a teenager, I really empathized with the kind of, you know, the moody angst of a teenage Jim Hawkins. And as an adult, I look at it and see such joy in the animation and such heart. You know, this was really a passion project for the people involved. Um, the blending of 2D and 3D animation is just so great. Um, the score, James Newton Howard's score is so good. I play it on Spotify all the time, especially when I'm trying to work and I start to cry. And so I have to put it off because it's not conducive to doing work, having a little, a little teary session. But yeah, I won't say any more about either of those movies because I do have a couple of special guests in mind who would love to come on and talk with me about Ratatouille. In terms of Treasure Planet, I am super excited to do an episode of Treasure Planet because I want to do that by myself and make it a real kind of a journey because that is a movie that has a very special place in my heart and I have a lot of stories to tell about that movie um, and I have a lot to share. But yeah, that movie is is great, Treasure Planet. Um, and the final movie I want to talk to you about on my self-care movies list is very different from the ones I've already talked about. It is the classic Agnes Varda film, Cleo de Saint Cassette. Uh, Agnes Varda, if you don't know, was a director during the French New Wave. She died a couple of years ago, but she was still working up until her death. She is one, not just one of my favorite film directors, but like a hero of mine. I, I love her. I love her movies. She is she's starting to get more credit now. She was such such an underrated director when she was alive. You know, she was not treated as seriously as her peers, like, you know, Godard or Truffaut, because she was a woman. But the movies that she made are lyrical and beautiful and ha are just so life-affirming. And this is not only, I think, Agnes Varda's masterpiece, but one of my favourite movies, Cléo de Saint-Cassette, about a French pop singer uh, who gets who's waiting back uh, for the results of a cancer test, who's, you know, really stressing out about it. And the entire movie is literally from two hours, real time. You see her go through Paris, 
Um, and you see her break down and get back up again and meet different people and truly experience this incredible sense of place and of travel. You feel very grounded in the Paris of that time. You see a very real Paris and it's just such a stunning, stunning movie. Um, it's just classic border. It, again, is really good for right now during the pandemic. You know, you feel a little bit trapped in your flat, but it's just, it's such a good movie. It's such a good movie. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll swoon. It's such... Am I going to say it again? Yeah, I'm going to say it again. It's such a good movie. Watch it, please. And you'll love it, just like me. Uh, so, yeah, that is my list. of a selection of five of my favourite self-care movies right now. Please let me know on Instagram, on Twitter, email me, DM me on any film club. I want to know what are your favourite self-care movies when you're not feeling so great. I'll post the selection on my Instagram. Um, I'm really curious to find out what you guys like. So anyone's ones that you associate with your childhood, ones that make you laugh, ones that make you cry. Movies make you feel alive again when otherwise you feel kind of numb to everything else. That's the, the name of the game this week. So we'll be back after a quick little break. Don't go away. And we are back for our final segment. As you all know, on Eddie Film Club, we like to show that we are well-rounded individuals with multiple interests, even though that's not really true because the interest that I talk about each week is usually the same, <sighs> and that's gaming. So if you haven't noticed, it's been a big week in the, the week of gaming. Uh, it was the PS5 launch a couple of days ago. I tried to get a little order in, did not work. Basically every PS5 in the US, in the UK rather is sold out. Um, it was such a disaster on the PS5 launch day. Websites were crashing, orders weren't going through, the game pre-orders that were meant to arrive that day didn't arrive for people. A lot of, you know, your standard uh, disastrous uh launch day for any kind of tech item stuff. The, the things that were really bizarre were a lot of people were getting their Amazon PS5 packages and they would be really excited and they'd open up the package and they'd get a little pen knife out and oof, what's inside? And they'd pull out what was meant to be their PS5, but it wasn't their PS5. It was a Nerf gun or hair straighteners or kitchen appliance. For some unlucky folk, Felix cat food. Yeah, cat food. It's a little snafu at Amazon. I guess somebody stole the PS5s and replaced them. Uh, Amazon have recommended that if this has happened to you, please contact them 
And oh, Amazon, why, why you do this? Okay, uh, it's very frustrating. But obviously, the one thing that I want to make very clear is it's entirely fine to be upset with Amazon. Amazon suck, but don't be upset with the workers, okay? Because the workers are doing their best for little pay and in really precarious working conditions. So please don't harass the workers. Don't harass the people at the call centers. Don't harass anybody, period. But I understand the anger at Amazon, absolutely, because Amazon suck. So most people were not able to get their hands on a PS5. I was not either. Not a huge uh, problem. It, it will be if I can't get one soon, because I'll be sad. But there's not that many exclusive launch titles, so it's not super important. Uh, so I've been playing on my PS4 instead, you know, like a, like a grandpa, still with my PS4. Um, I've been playing through what is quickly becoming one of my favourite games I've ever played, Persona 5 Royal. It's so good. I would explain it here, but honestly, uh, it's there's so much going on. If the idea of teenagers in Japan fighting crime by using aspects of their psyche as supernatural forces, if that interests you, Buy the game. If it doesn't, then don't. Because <laughs> then it is probably not for you. But it's a stunning, great game. I love all the characters. I love the plot. The game is so much fun to play. It's so long. It's so long. It's like 130 hours of content. And you know that Jack doesn't have time for that. But he's making time. He's making time. Uh, it's been really, really fun. Uh, a couple of... Episodes ago, I talked about Hades, another really great game. Um, I finally beat it once. You have to beat it a couple of times to get the kind of full story, but I finally beat it. And I felt so, so great about it. I was so proud of myself. Um, I hope that you're proud of me too. Uh, and that's all we've got time for this week on Eddie Film Club. We're having a short episode. Um, just for me uh, to kind of get back into the swing of things and get back into hosting and uh, editing and producing these episodes. So we'll hopefully have a, a standard-sized episode for you next week. Um, but for now, goodbye. Thank you again for everybody who has sent well wishes. I really, really appreciate them more than you can ever know. I love you all. Thank you for sticking with Eddie Film Club during this hiatus. We are back. Remember, get in touch with your own personal self-care movies. On Instagram, we're at Eddie Film Club. On Twitter, we're at Eddie Film Pod. You can email us, eddiefilmclub at gmail.com. And I'm on Letterboxd at Tismi Jack. Listen to us on Spotify. We're finally on Spotify. And on Apple Podcasts. Or you can find us on the Fresh Air website please feel free to get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Because remember, the first rule of Eddie Film Club is tell all your friends about Eddie Film Club. See you then. <laughs>